What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and I'm really excited. We've got a great episode today. Nitin Choda, an entrepreneur and founder of Total Activation, which offers a line of skincare and nutrition products. He is also the author of Total Activation, the five-step fitness mantra. How are you today, Nitin? I'm good, John. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, thank you. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. You have a really, really interesting story, and uh, I would love for you to share it with our listeners. So tell us a little bit about your background and your career journey. You know, John, uh, I moved to the U.S. Uh, in 2002 in a post-9-11 world. Mm-hmm. And um, and so for me at that time, I was an immigrant working as a, as a fitness trainer in the United States. I started in New Jersey. And where, where and, did you move uh, from? I mean, I'm happy to get uh, Bombay, India. Oh, wow. Okay. And so, so I literally packed up my bags, uh, lock, stock, and barrel, moved from Mumbai, India to uh, – to Englewood, New Jersey, because, you know, I was in search for a better future and, uh, you know, worked as a trainer for a few years, Um, you know, fast forward to today, multiple businesses, uh, you know, um, uh, married, settled down. But, but, you know, I think, I think the big, the big, um, the big thing for me is I think two things are important in the history of my journey. One, I, and I know this may sound cliched, but I do believe America is the greatest country in the world because of mm-hmm. the sheer volume of opportunities I've had. And number two, I think that surrounding myself with the right people, even if I had to pay for it, even if I have to pay to attend, you know, business networking meetings or hang out with people who are smarter, more successful than me. I think those two things have sort of helped me go from, uh, you know, an immigrant living paycheck to paycheck to, you know, someone living the American dream uh, you know, um, in New Jersey. How old were you when you came to the United States? I mean, what were some of the circumstances? Did you, uh, I mean, was this a lifelong dream or was this something that, uh, was more recent at the time you made the decision? Cause I'm, I'm really curious. I mean, what, uh, inspired you at that stage in your life to make that, to make that move? So I was 24. Uh, I moved to the U.S. Uh, in uh, in 2002. Uh, I'm 39 now. Um, and, you know, um, the thing is, the U.S. is always a dream destination for, uh, I would imagine, most people anywhere in the world. So yeah. for me, the fact that I could work in the U.S., um, you know, um, and and sort of uh, the, the fundamental difference between the U.S. and India, there are a lot of differences, but, you know, I, I was looking for a place that had, uh, you know, just a better standard of life, you know, uh, relatively when you compare the U.S. with other countries, there's, you know, less population, there's almost no pollution, there's, well, one would imagine very little corruption, (laughs) definitely a better, definitely a better standard of life. And so for me, coming to the U.S., I initially came to the U.S. to, you know, to study so that I could get some credentials, some certifications, enhance my own body of knowledge before going back to India to continue what I was doing. But I think the, 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 the appeal of the United States is just so incredible. It's such an amazing country. Yeah. I got the opportunity to stay back. I did, even though I was, I wasn't making any money. I mean, the, honestly, you know, um, the amount of money I was making in a month, I, back then I make in less than a day now. And for me, for me, it was, 
just the opportunity. And and again, to be uh, to be honest, and I know this is going to sound crazy, I love the U.S. so much that if I had to drive a bus to be here, I would. Yeah. And if if I if I was to lose my business and if I had to drive a bus just so that I could stay in the United States of America, I would. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I absolutely love it. And so you started out uh, doing personal training. I mean, talk about some of the, the the different jobs that you had before you became an entrepreneur. Well, I've always been, uh, you know, in the healthcare space. Uh, I started off as a personal trainer. Um, uh, I, I, I used to, uh, you know, write a lot of articles. I've written hundreds and hundreds of articles mm-hmm. um, on on health and nutrition and fitness, primarily in India. Now I'm starting to do more of that here in the U.S. But um, started out as a personal trainer, then you know, got my physical therapy license, worked as a physical therapist, um, then um, you know, um, sort of enjoyed the marketing aspect of a physical therapy practice more so taught other practices how to market themselves you know sell software to other physical therapists and then eventually came back to my roots as a personal trainer as a fitness professional to say hey you know what um um health health and fitness shouldn't be about what you just put in your body but what you put on your body which kind of led me back to the total activation line of products but fundamentally i've had a relationship with uh, health and fitness all my life and you know one thing John, the the interesting thing I find about the United States is that the fitness market is so sophisticated. There's so many gadgets and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there's late night TV and there's these infomercials. But fundamentally, I think fundamentally, and I think this is going to hold true 100 years from now, uh, is fundamentally, I think fitness is about five things, what I call the EPSSI principle, E for emotional health, you know, being happy with who you are, what you do. P for physical health, so EPSSI, emotional, physical, social, spiritual, and intellectual. Yeah. Emotional health, the quality of you know your emotions and your belief in what you do on a day-to-day basis. Physical, obviously, you know, physically taking care of yourself, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's going for a walk, whether it's, you know, I don't know, going walking the dog, whatever. Social, having the right people around you. Um, and by the way, that includes friends and family, having sure. positive, supportive people around you. I once read a report of a, like a 102-year-old person in India, and when she was asked, what's the secret of your of your life and health? She said, surrounding myself with positive people and drinking ginger tea every day. <laughs> I love it. I, <laughs> I love thought it. that was interesting. Spiritual, <laughs> yeah. you know, having some sort of beliefs. It doesn't have yeah. to be religion, but some sort of belief that, you know, <clears throat> the world is more than just about you and finally intellectual um, challenging your brain <clears throat> you know you see you know um, I mean I have a two-year-old son I see how his brain is changing literally on a day-to-day basis and yes. I feel that it doesn't matter whether you're 39 years old like me or a 72 year old listening to this podcast do something to challenge your brain a little bit whether it's learning a new language whether it's you know um, reading a book that you haven't read before do something to challenge your brain a little bit and push yourself out of your comfort zone because that's you know the brain cells um can you know can respond and adapt regardless of age yeah i absolutely love it and i we're going to explore more about uh you know total activation a little bit later but uh, nitin i i was wondering if you could share with us i mean i know especially coming to a different country 
and starting over and starting that journey. I mean, sometimes you're going to face challenges and there may even be big setbacks. And I was wondering, I mean, along your journey, were there any particular uh, notable setbacks or moments where you started to maybe question things and where maybe you just felt like things were just falling apart? Um, several, John. I mean, they, you know, they, as they say, right, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. Well, um, one thing I, I remember vividly is uh, when I was waiting for my immigration uh, uh, paperwork to get processed. This was back in 2004. Um, my, my dad passed away hmm. in India and um, um, I wanted to, you know, fly back to India to uh, to participate in the cremation. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't because um, from an immigration standpoint, I was sort of in limbo where if I left the United States, I wouldn't be able to come back because my my visa status was in process. So that was one of the most difficult decisions in my life to to sort of um, to sort of uh, uh, not be able to fulfill my duty as a son yeah. uh, in an effort to cement the opportunity for a better future. Uh, so that that was one uh, very 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 difficult thing. Uh, notably, the other was, um, you know, uh, four or five years ago. Um, the interesting thing about being an entrepreneur is that um, you you sort of put yourself in a position of of sometimes, uh, you know, very, very uh, high financial risks. Mm-hmm. And I did face a situation four or five years ago where the business almost ran out of money. And uh, there were several reasons that that happened, a lot of them beyond my control. And I had to just look in the mirror and say, hey, listen, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to get through this. And um, and of course we did. But I think um, I think, yeah, I think um, the, these are the two that really, really stand out for me. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that with our listeners. Nitin, I mean, two very difficult moments in your life. Was there a moment in which you gained some clarity, uh, you know, and it's it's the hero's journey that you face a challenge, you face something, and, and you feel like the clouds are hanging over you, but then there's that moment when the clouds start to dissipate and, and you start to see the sun again. What was that moment for you? Wow, that's such a... Uh, but, but is your question more of a uh, more? Uh, should I answer it from a personal perspective or from a business perspective? I would actually love both because you've shared both. So let's talk first about uh, you know losing your father. I mean that is such a, a difficult moment to go through something like that, and uh, the situation that you were in. Uh, let's talk about that first, and then we'll we'll talk about your entrepreneurial uh, setback. You know, I think I think whenever you face a personal setback or personal tragedy, if you want to use the word tragedy, I think it depends on what stage of life you're in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a 16-year-old, um, uh, personal tragedy could be, hey, you know, the girl you asked out to the prom <laughs> said no, right? Yeah. So and at the time, was- that could feel like the biggest, you know, the biggest thing, yeah, <laughs> biggest I- tragedy in your life. And I don't mean to laugh, but I'm 39. And for yeah. me, gosh, I wish that were the biggest of my right, problems. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're 16, it's different. So I was 24 when I lost my dad. And for me, mm. the fact that I could, it depends on the stage of life. Um, so for me, the turning point at that time when I lost my dad was just, you know, fortunately for me, I had I had the people around me, the social uh, con- you know, sort of connectivity, the social thread around me where I could talk to people and get through it. Um, so for me, um, 
I think whenever you're going through a personal tragedy, the people around you, whether it's, you know, a parent for a 16 year old or a friend for a 16 year old or someone else for a 24 year old. Or in my case, when I was 37, when my son was born, that to me is much more vivid, um, John, because my when my son was born, I just looked at him and I said, you know, all the things I worry about, they kind of really, really don't matter because when you look at life through a newborn's eyes, and I know I'm jumping, I'm jumping from uh, when I was 24 to when I was 37, but again, go, goes back to the stage of life. When I was 24, I thought that things couldn't get any worse. You know, I lost my dad. Um, I'm sort of literally had no money. I, I kid you not. I, I uh, you know, I delivered pizza. I, um, I worked in an Indian restaurant it was just so that I could eat when the, uh, when, you know, when their lunch buffet was done after the guests had left, cause I didn't have any money uh, for food. So I've been in situations like that, but I think at that moment in time that molded me because I knew I had to get through it no matter what, mm. but I, but coming fast forwarding to the age of 37, when my son was born, I think I think when you become a parent, it fundamentally uh, gives you a reassess. It fundamentally forces you to reassess life. I mean, what you, you know, if you think my, your biggest problem is the kind of car that you drive or the fact that, you know, I don't know, um, you can't travel to the places you want. None of that matters when you look into the eyes of a newborn because now the world is new. It's clean. It's, mm. it's different. So, I, I don't mean to bounce all over the place, but in a nutshell, I would say, depending on the stage of life, uh, there are turning points. And for me, the turning point was A, having the right people around me to help me get through my tragedy at 24, yeah. and B, having a completely new, fresh perspective of life uh, at the age of 37 when my son was born. I, I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. And I have, and I'm actually glad you brought that up because I do, do want to ask, I mean, when you had your son, did you see a little bit of your father in, in your son, uh, you know, thir 13 years after, after you lost him? Yeah, yeah, I do. And I wish my father was there to see him. Definitely. I mean, how could I not? So um, there, there's a thread between the two in, uh, events. But yes, most definitely, you know, yeah. uh, there's something unique about, you know, new life and a newborn that's just hard to put into words, John. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, it's hard to describe. But in a sense, you know, uh, a newborn is a new beginning. Mm. And uh, my father was a part of the past. I mean, one day I'm going to be a part of the past, right? Mm -hmm. One we day, are, one yeah. day we yeah. all, you and I are. So, in a sense, when you when you look at a newborn, or for that matter, any new beginning, I guess your focus tends to be on, you know, the future, and uh, very little of the past, especially when the past was, you know, ten, fourteen, fifteen years ago. So I definitely wish my father saw him. But, um, but you know, my, uh, it's, it's, it's the focus is on the new, the future. Yeah. And I think of them as, you know, version 2.0, the next, the better versions of ourselves. So, right. you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's a great way to honor your father in, in the way that you are raising your son and, you know, providing for his future. And I think that's really beautiful. Well, let's shift now because you did share a challenge that you faced a couple of years ago with the business and, and talk about how you were able to persevere and get through that. Now, uh, this is um, this is interesting. Um, without getting into uh, specifics, mm -hmm. one of the companies I was I own got sued, mm -hmm. um, and um, and um, I think as an entrepreneur, obviously you don't plan 
on ever getting sued, right? I, I, you hope not, right? <laughs> <don't think> that's <laughs> the idea. But but as an entrepreneur, this is uh, my advice to everyone listening. Um, if you're in any business, whether you know you're selling nutritional supplements or software, or for that matter, heck, anything, you could be selling T-shirts. You must get some form of uh, insurance. Mm-hmm. You must get some form of uh, um, you know liability insurance. And if you're in software, you've got to have something called copyright infringement protection insurance, uh, you know, um, intellectual property insurance. So for me, uh, getting sued was a very, uh, very sort of, uh, sobering experience because when you're on cloud nine, when you're like, Oh, how do we get more sales? How do we, you know, do this? All of a sudden you get served. (laughs) Imagine someone coming to you and serving you papers. It's a kind of, it's a kind of stuff you see in the movies, right? Yeah. And the interesting thing about something like that is regardless of whether there's any legitimacy to, um, you know, um, the claim or not, because in this case there wasn't and there never is and there never will be. But regardless of that, you've got to spend time, effort, money to hire a lawyer to uh, defend yourself, to, um, you know, to sort of to uh, go through uh, you know, sort of our justice system and the way our justice system is set up is that anyone can sue anybody for anything, John. Um, someone could be walking outside your house and, you know, slip on a banana peel and decide it was your fault, even though it's not on your property. Now, if they sue you, um, it doesn't matter whether, you know, you're right or wrong. What matters is they sued you and now you've got to hire a lawyer to defend yourself. Right. So for me, that was, uh, an interesting experience because, um, that sort of taught me about um, the importance of insurance, the importance of um, not just doing things the right way, but, you know, covering yourself sure. uh, um, in the event of any eventuality. So does that answer your question? Absolutely. And I think it's an important lesson for moving forward listeners. I mean, entrepreneurship is is really wonderful. There are many benefits that come with it. But of course, you you also have to take care. And I think you're sharing a great point that you have to set in place systems so that uh, if something like a lawsuit occurs, then you have systems in place to, to prepare for that and to address that. So really, really important and great, great shares. And the interesting thing about a lawsuit, John, is that let's say party A sues party B. Mm-hmm. If party A has more money, more anger, uh, more resentment than party B, which usually happens mm-hmm. because, you know, there's a one party sues. That's usually the case, not always. Then party A can make party B's life really difficult. Oh yes. Uh, but as long as party B and and here's the interesting thing. Let's say party B knows that it's a frivolous lawsuit, uh, which it was in this case. Um, party B still has to spend time, effort, money uh, to defend itself. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, legal bills can be in heck. I would say if you get away with the legal bill of, Forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars. You're lucky. Yeah. But legal bills can be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you know, uh, aside from healthcare, uh, are the leading cause of you know bankruptcy. Legal bills and healthcare bills are the leading cause of bankruptcy for individuals in the United States. So you know, protect yourself. Have some form of insurance in place because insurance is a thing that you don't want but hope you don't need. Exactly. Have some form of insurance well, we in it, place because if you, you don't, know, we have it for when we drive. We have it for other aspects of our life. So I mean, I think it's a great, great point that you're sharing with our listeners. Appreciate it, Nitin. Are you ready for the knowledge burst session? 
Yes, sir. All right. Well, this is one of my favorite parts of the show. This is where our guests share three game-changing resources and tips that can inspire our listeners to move forward. So as someone who has spent time in this country, who has built a life and a successful business and has weathered his fair share of challenges and storms, I was wondering if you could share one. Do you have a favorite resource, media resource? It could be a movie, book, song, or cultural experience that inspired you to keep moving forward. Love it. Uh, so there's this YouTube clip uh, at this Al Pacino clip, Any Given Sunday. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a great movie. You know that one, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that that clip of him, you know, sort of motivating his uh, his uh, his entire team right before they go out on the field at the end, where he says, you know. Um, you know, I can't make you do it. What are you going to do? And then that speech was just, I play that at all the events and workshops wow. I because I think it's crazy. And there's a more intense one from this movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, oh, but that it was a whole, too. yeah, but that clip involves a whole lot of cursing. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the uh, Alec Baldwin uh, always yeah, be closing speech? Yeah. You know, Correct, I don't know if you know this, but that was not in the original play. They actually added that for the film. Really? Yeah, yeah, and he was, and Alec Baldwin was nominated for an Academy Award for that role, but that was not in the original play. But that, yeah, that rant, I mean, where he just goes completely bananas, yeah. <laughs> basically tells people, "Look, you're you're useless and worthless un- until you achieve." I thought that was so. That was I thought that was so entertaining, but it's it's sort of way, you know, it's sort of way too extreme. So the uh, the Al Pacino clip, any given Sunday. Yeah. I mean, if you go to YouTube and if you just search Al Pacino any given Sunday speech and you watch it for four minutes, I uh, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna give you goosebumps. Yeah, that's a great one. Recommend if you have one. Do you have a favorite app, website, or productivity resource that's been a real game changer for you and your business? Yeah, you know, um, there's a website. Um, so there's a website called Canva. That's C A N V A. I'm just going to make sure. Idea. Yeah, I just want to make sure it's a dot com. Yeah, it's a dot com. Uh, use it all the time. Yeah, it's a great perfect. One. Yeah, explain for our listeners what Canva is and how you use it. Yeah, so um, high quality images um, are important for any website, for any Facebook ad campaign, for any email sequence. Um, now what Canva does is A, it gives you a lot of stock images that you can use mm-hmm. B, and this is the big one it allows you to resize images it allows you to essentially um, manipulate images and put you know text on them, captions on them I mean, it essentially makes you your own little sort of Photoshop expert and you yes. know, I think it's it's free it is free. I mean, there's if you, a free version, yeah, there's a free and yeah. a premium but the free version gives you so many options I, I, I was surprised, honestly I was surprised that it's so amazing so there are a couple of others. We actually use another one mm-hmm. uh, besides Canva. Can I share one more? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Okay, so Canva is great. And uh, Canva, basically, if you need images and if you need to create graphics for anything from Facebook post to Twitter to LinkedIn to YouTube to Instagram, um, you know, uh, for uh, pretty much anything you want, display ads for your website, you can you, you can create them on Canva. There's another tool that we also use called Snappa.io. Oh. Okay, that's um, interesting. I haven't heard of that one. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it is. Oh gosh, uh, John, it's so good. So uh, yeah, actually, yeah. you can. I believe you can go to snappa s n a p p a dot com. I, it's dot com or dot io. I'm not sure. So it's s n a p p a, and um, it's got uh, it's got a lot of pre built templates which are which are amazing. So we we depend on Snappa 
in fact lately we've been doing more of snapper and less of uh, canva because wow. snapper has some more abilities yeah oh i'll definitely have to check that out how do you recharge your batteries or reboot when you feel like you're up against the wall where you're hitting a roadblock you know that's that's so i work from home and um, so for me, honestly, sometimes work and family life tend to blend in, which is the one thing that, uh, you know, that I need to personally work more on, you know, separate work and family life. But if I ever um, feel a little overwhelmed, honestly, um, I just um, I just watch 10 to 15 minutes of TV <laughs> and uh, and I just, you know, uh, I love coffee. I just drink some coffee and I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of these horror shows. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's, there's nothing there's nothing other than, you know, cheesy horror like, you know, The Walking Dead or oh, Fear yeah, the I Walking love The Walking Dead. Dead. That's oh, yeah. great stuff. I but can you just I mean, like I, I get sucked in though. Can you just watch fifteen minutes of that? Well, you know, I do because I know that if I watch more than fifteen minutes, I'm gonna like you said, I'm gonna get sucked in. So for me, <laughs> so for me, you know, understanding sort of my ment, I, I think I'm able to in most cases understand my mental state. So when I understand that I'm overwhelmed, I know that all I need is fifteen minutes while I'm maybe grabbing a bite to eat. That's enough right. for me, and then I can disengage and get back to work because I like work so much. And then when it's six p.m., seven p.m. Then I know that at that time, obviously, you know, you can you relax. Can go back and, and maybe revisit the other 45. I, I actually, you know what? Since I have a two-year-old, the only thing we watch at home in the evenings is something called Daniel Tiger. Oh, which, yeah, yeah. Oh, my which God, John. A, a spinoff of Mr. Who, and uh, moving forward, <laughs> listeners should, should know this. I am a big fan of Mr. Rogers. I idolized him growing up. So, so is yeah. my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a great one. Those, those Correct. are some You're great right. chairs. Yeah. And uh, I <laughs> yeah. love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Well, Nitin, are you ready to do a little time travel? Sure. All right, we're going to go back. I want you to pick a time in your life, and you can pick whatever time you like. A time where mm -hmm. maybe you were going through a difficult period. Maybe it was during the lawsuit, or maybe it was some other time in your life or business. And you're going to meet your past self during this time, and I want you to share mm -hmm. one piece of wisdom with your past self that you wish you would have known then. Mm. Um, hmm, that's, that's a good one. I would say that... Uh, Whenever you hit rock bottom, uh, keep two things in mind. One, things can only get better. And two, ask yourself, what is the best thing you can do in this situation? Don't, 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 um, don't, don't complain and moan and blame the world and blame everyone else. A, things are going to get better. B, what is the best thing you can do? Do you call a person? Do you uh, make arrangements to protect yourself? So. I, I would sort of give myself that perspective uh, because uh, I think that's that's always helped me uh, in any situation. Yeah, and here's the flip side, though. How do you think your past self would have responded to that advice? You're wrong. Things are terrible. <laughs> Things are going to get worse. <laughs> Appreciate your candor. I mean, it, sometimes it takes, you have to go through the journey in order to be able to see that. So I really appreciate it. Well, Nitin, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all the great work that you're doing? 
Yeah, I mean, please visit totalactivation.com. Uh, it has uh, information about, uh, you know, what we have to offer. We have skincare products, nutritional supplements. You're welcome to send us an email through the contact us section. Um, uh, you know, in the subject line, you know, you can say for Nitin, N-I-T-I-N. If you want to reach me, I'll be happy to get back to you. But yeah, definitely, you know, check out uh, what we have to offer, our philosophy on life, our products. Uh, and uh, John, I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Nitin, I want you to close out the show. So using no more than three or four words, what wisdom would you like to pass on to Moving Forward listeners? The right people matter the most. That's six words, but I'll just hey, say that. Right. I'll just end the, with... <laughs> yes, go ahead. You, I was going to try to say collaborate with the right people, but you said three to four words, so you kind of you kind of put me on the spot there. <laughs> That's all right. I like it. So, and moving forward, listeners, what great wisdom, Nitin. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today to share your story and your knowledge burst, so our listeners can be inspired to move forward. Uh, John, I appreciate it, sir. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And moving forward, listeners, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at Be Moving Forward. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.